Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. You can tell from my lower third right there, feel free to call me Sully. Today, we are going to be dropping this episode on the 21st day of June, 2022, it is, wait, what is it? It is the, well, it's the longest, it's the first day of summer. It's the longest day of the year. And on the longest day of the year, guess which team is still in contention? That would be the Cleveland Guardians. We're about to start a showdown with the Minnesota Twins for the AL Central. Granted, there's a lot of baseball left to be played, but we're approaching the halfway mark of the season. And for a team like Cleveland, who wants to have images of 1948 dancing in their heads, winning these head-to-head games are really important. And there's a mess of head-to-head games coming up. Jeff Ellis of Lockdown Guardians is going to join us in just a minute. But I'm going to tell you, thanks so much for making us your first listen, as we're available on all your free podcasting platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at LockdownMLBPod. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Well, as I talked the other day with Miller Thomas, it was a foregone conclusion that the American League Central was going to be won by the Chicago White Sox. Well, guess what? We are now officially in late June, and the White Sox have a sub-500 record and are on the outside looking in knocking on the door, just one game out of first place. The team, well, what's in a name? They were the Indians. They are the Guardians. They are contenders. And they are covered by Mr. Jeff Ellis. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing really well. Uh, As a fan of this team, that is, you know, I think surprising to many. I'll go back to if you can... uh, you know, if you want to go check out the Lockdown Guardians YouTube, you can watch our roundtable discussion where I, I discussed why I thought that they had the best rookies and I thought they'd be better than everyone was stating. So it's not as much of a surprise to me. But uh, I think some of the players and just the performance level, especially like we all knew Jose Ramirez was going to be great. Uh, we didn't expect him to, you know, the fact that he's got nearly as many home runs as strikeouts, you know, it's just things we don't see anymore. Uh the fact that he has like a two to one walk to strikeout total. Uh, the fact he's got twice as many extra base hits to strikeouts. It's things like that that stand out for this Guardians team early on, as well as, you know, uh, Andres Jimenez, who was the centerpiece of the Francisco Lindor trade, uh, has been their second best hitter so far. And it, you can also go back to things like the Mike Clevenger trade, which netted them Josh Naylor, their everyday first baseman, Owen Miller, who's been an everyday player for them this year as well. Uh, Kyle Quantrell, who's been one of their most most reliable starters. Austin Hedges, who's been their everyday catcher. 
uh, Gabriel Reyes, who's just coming off the minor league DL, but could be their shortstop of the future. And I'm a doubt uh, Joey Cantillo, who has uh, was hurt. And then right now, he I can't remember if he's been promoted to AAA or not, but he had the lowest hard hit percentage in AA or the second lowest hard hit percentage in AA. So they got five guys uh, from that one. And like I said, you go back to that Lindor deal as well, where they also got just a tremendous amount of talent. And you can see that, uh, you know, they've they've been able to take advantage of their trades with all those players from Clevenger, uh, the Clevenger deal, and then all those players from, well, not all of those, but Jimenez. And then on top of just Jose Ramirez somehow finding another level, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, we had uh, we had my uh, uh, weekly crossover with Miller Thomas from Locked on Diamondbacks just the other day. And we were talking about how the Paul Goldschmidt deal was just a bust for the Diamondbacks, as many of the players they got back, including Luke Weaver, who had initially thought it looked like he was going to be uh, a, fi- a fine addition to their pitching staff. Uh, you know, they're just not getting what they needed, especially with what we're seeing Goldschmidt performing in St. Louis. On conversely, Cleveland has done quite well in some of the trades that they were they, they were able to not just you know dump players. Granted, they have one of the lowest payrolls and one of the youngest pay, the youngest rosters in baseball, but they did get talent back. And you have, you know, and a lot of us can criticize Cleveland for not spending money, for having a bottom feeder. You know, that if you looked at their payroll, you would assume they were tanking. And yet here they are one game out of first. I don't want too many GMs getting the idea that this is the way to do it. But that being said, some of the deals, especially trading away Lindor, you know, star player from the world series team and everything like that and getting back any quality players in return is really not the norm from a lot of these deals star away for young players deal. Yeah. And they, you can go back, honestly, I started writing about this team in 2007, but you can go back to even like things like the, the, the two trades that I think really inform this front office are the CC Sabathia and Cliff Lee deals. Mm-hmm. And what that informed them, because for, I mean, a long time, I mean, the, the Cleveland Guardians uh, minors were completely barren. Things were not looking good. Uh, they hadn't had a first round hit. And by hit, I mean, turn into a regular since CC Sabathia at that point in time. Like it was a huge gap between getting any production. Uh, it was, you know, one can argue Lindor was finally the one to break that. Uh, it was really bad. But those trades sought them because the Sabathia deal was the secondary piece, Michael Brantley. And in the Cliff Lee deal, it was the secondary piece, Carlos Carrasco, maybe even the tertiary piece, honestly, at the time, who ended up being successful. And they kind of learned it's more about, you know, it's it's the NFL approach. Uh, I always talk about this on the show. Uh, it's the, you see it as, essentially across all sports. Quantity of chances is better than quality of chances that you want to have a, a deep bench, as it were, of players and talent. And you go back to that, uh, CC trade. It was they got four players. And they only got one of those four in Michael Brantley. You go back to the Cliff Lee deal. It was five players. I want to say, and only Carrasco really hit. And then, I mean, I had to defend the Clevenger trade when it happened. Everyone was like, "Look at what they traded for Austin Nola." You know, Taylor Trammell was a bigger prospect than anyone the Guardians got. I'm like, well, you have to understand the Guardians' approach. You have to understand what they look for. They also know what they develop well. They also know what works best in their system. And they targeted players and. I mean, it looks right now like they're on their way to having six for six in that trade in terms of guys who make it to the big leagues. And, you know, it's the same thing with uh, 
with Lindor. They got four players, two of them already in the bigs. Well, look, it, it looks right now that Cleveland's about to have a showdown with the Minnesota Twins, and we have a surprise guest. Surprise guest, sign in, please. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Brandon Warren of Access Twins has come to Trash Talk. We are one game in between the Minnesota Twins and the Cleveland Guardians. It's going down. We're going WWE style. How you doing, Brandon? Calling from his car to join the show. How you doing, man? Yeah, softball game. And it's really, really warm here. But doing good, doing good. Really excited for this upcoming series. So, uh, Jeff Fellis and Brandon Warren, do you do you guys, are you familiar with each other? Uh Brandon Warren from Access Twins. Jeff Ellis is the host of Lockdown Guardians. The two teams on top of the American League Central, who would have gone to bet online to claim it would not have been the Chicago White Sox? You all can, Nick of Lockdown White Sox, you can take the night off. Contenders with winning records only on this podcast. Well, I mean, Brandon, you know I picked the Twins to be a playoff team this Mm -hmm. year. I picked them to be one of the wildcard teams. But I didn't see them as being a first place team. Uh, what do you think's happening here? What and how do we uh, how do we think about this potential showdown? The, the Twins are doing a fairly good job of mitigating their lack of starting pitcher depth by having multi inning relievers like Griffin Jacks, Jawan Duran, and a few other guys they've mixed and matched. They've been very strict with innings on guys like Chris Archer, who they took out after four innings here the other day. And it came back to bite him, but he has not really showed the ability to go through orders more than twice. So what I, what I think is happening is their offense has been strong, especially the top third with Correa, Buxton, and the rise. Or it's the ABC one-two-three approach. But I, I do think they've got some high-end talent, some pretty good depth. Now is are they going to find pitching? Because if they can pitch even a little bit, they're going to have a chance to hang in there. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you something. Uh, they could all use a little boost of energy because we've got this series coming up, and they have eight games. Count them. Eight out of the next 11 games are going to be between the first-place Twins and the one-game-out Cleveland Guardians. And to give them a little boost, may I recommend they have a Built Bar. Built Bar has a new flavor. It's called Mud Pie. Our friends at Built Bar are always coming out with new amazing flavors. Mud Pie, I've had it. Oh, boy. Look at it. You all know what Mud Pie tastes like. It does like Mud's chocolate. If you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this. The Mud Pie is rich whipped cream, chocolate mousse, smothered 100% real chocolate, topped with cookies and cream crumble. That's almost too much. We almost have to break that up for prospects. You've got to try the Mud Pie as soon as possible. You need to hurry because Mud Pie and Mud Pie Puffs are available for only a limited time. Visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. You're not convinced? We say the best part for last. They're good for you. They're low-calorie, high-protein, low-sugar. Mud Pie is backed with 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories, 8 grams of sugar. And Mud Pie Bars and Puffs are available at Built.com right now. They're going fast because they're great. Like all Built Bars, are covered 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. And Built Bars are made with a collagen protein. And you two know about collagen protein. We were talking about that earlier today. The body absorbs it more efficiently, okay? And provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good. It's good for you. You're going to love the Mud Pie Built Bar and Built Puff. Whether you're going to snack or you work out a late night treat, you just want a quick little bite. Built Bar is a perfect protein bar and they taste 
better than a candy bar. Chocolate mousse, whipped cream, cookies and crumble. Stop drooling. Get to Built.com or your box of mud pie bars right now. Use promo code LOCK15. You get 50% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 at Built.com. One more quick thing here. The live draft NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On. The entire NBA channel is going live for the NBA draft night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure to subscribe now to their Locked On YouTube channel to get notified when they go live on NBA draft night. Okay, we have ourselves an American League Central showdown episode. We've got Jeff Fellas of Locked On Guardians. We've got Brandon Ward of Access Twins, two friends of the podcast. Um, and we were talking a little bit, you were talking about how the twins have been kind of Voltroning for those of you fans of that old cartoon where the two robots combine to make a bigger robot. They've been kind of doing the Voltron action with some of their pitching staff. I think Cleveland has a more traditional pitching staff right now. Uh, McKenzie and Bieber and Quantrill have all done well, but their bullpen has been borderline unhittable in Cleveland. Jeff, talk to us a little bit about how deep that bullpen is and the fact that if their starting pitchers can go, I don't know, uh, two two or three innings uh, more than more than normal, if they can give them five or six quality starts, you know, in, in each in each one of their starts, um, their pen can take them the rest of the way. Tell us a little bit about that. And Brandon, what will be the twin strategy against this, you know, dynamite bullpen they have? So the the Guardians bullpen is, you know, it's it's not traditionally built in any way. Uh, Manuel Classe is really the only guy that is that kind of traditional uh, player who was in that role. Trevor Steffen has a chance to be the greatest Rule Five draft pick in Guardians history. Uh, he it's it's a pretty poor list. You just have to beat two point five career WAR for a team that has lost guys like Anthony Santander and others. It's amazing that in the whole history of this, they've never gotten anything out of the Rule Five. But he's a starter with the Yankees um, back in as a and they liked him and they converted him. He was an okay last year. He's developed um, a new pitch this year. Sam Henches is, I believe, a Minnesota kid uh, originally, yep. high school yep. kid from up that way, who uh, I called to be released at the end of last year. He was really bad last year, like pretty terrible as a starter. Uh, did just some signs of life as a reliever, but they just put him in that role and it's it's play. I mean, he's been arguably their second best reliever. Brian Shaw is smoking mirrors. At some point, it's going to come undone. Like, you just got to be honest with that. Right now, he is solid. And then uh, Eli Morgan is probably, honestly, the star of the pen. Uh, I've yeah. been, from the moment they drafted him, so this is this is always my brag point. I literally texted the Twitter, texted, twit, you know, did a thing with the Guardian's main account back in the day. Like, hey, isn't this the round where you guys are supposed to draft Eli Morgan? Because I, I do so much draft content, especially back then. And he just fit all of their markers. And then they did proceed to draft him in that round. Uh, just, I, you know, I've been saying since like March that they were going to draft him. And then I called the round as it was happening. No inside information. I will say that sometimes you get it. Not that, but I've been saying since the moment they drafted him, listen, he's not the biggest guy, put him in the pen. The changeup is probably one of the top 10 ch- changeups in baseball right now. Like it's that good. Uh, fastball might play up and it has, and he has been a multi-inning reliever. Uh, he was kind of like their sixth starter a year ago. And some people are like, let's make him a starter again. I don't know about that. He's been, he's the guy. He is the go-to guy in that pen when you're in a high leverage situation. He's a multi-inning reliever. He has been the most important part of that pen this year. 
And they've got like four guys sitting there in AAA with like unreal statistical performances that are all very much Guardians type of guys. So it's just going to continue to get better. And then, you know, the the guy who might rejoin him for this weekend, uh, there's a lot of roster moves coming yet for the Guardians. We'll have to see what occurs. We know for sure Fran Mill Reyes is coming back for Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But uh, James Karinchak, who hasn't been effective since they banned um, this sticky stuff, like literally everything fell apart and then there was it's injuries. Coincidence. It's an interesting um, coincidence. Yes. And you know, he's always had some command issues in the minors before the sticky stuff. It also seemed to help his grip, but he could rejoin him. His last bullpen appearance was good, but we're literally talking about a guy. It's been nearly a year since he pitched in the big leagues. He's not the guy a year ago where I would have said he was their best reliever. So it is a very strong, and it's, it just goes to show you when you're going through all of those guys, I named Morgan, Stefan, Henches, starters, all of them were starters turned to relievers. And that's just that whole thing. When you're looking for a reliever, you might want to look to that failed starter first. Right. So, Brandon, you know that you're going to be facing a team whose pitching staff is going to be eight or nine pitches deep, which is, you know, and and you're also going to be having – I find it really interesting when you have a team who's going to face off, as I said, 11 times out of the next eight games – so these two teams are going to become familiar, not just with the starters, but everyone in the pen. But conversely, that means those pitchers are going to become familiar with your hitters. Uh, what do you think the, the Twins' approach is to go against these pitchers? Especially when you take a look at the Twins' lineup, which isn't you – know, they have two very good players in there, but Polanco is, is hurt. The, it seems like the, the lineup is playing better than the sum of its parts right now. A little top heavy, but yeah, it, the big thing for them against a pitching staff like this is going to be to work counts, make them work. And the tough thing is, if you get a guy out in the fifth, you still have to face a very good bullpen. So, in that sense, what you want to do is again just be patient, rack up pitching counts, and hopefully you can get to situations where maybe a guy gets used the night before or a couple nights in a row and isn't available. It's all part of the game. You know, you can win the third game by working up pitch counts in the first and second games of the series. So I don't think Cleveland's offense can go toe-to-toe with the Twins. So in some ways, it'll be the first team to four or five runs will win. But 8 out of 11, they're going to become, like you said, very familiar with each other. So it'll be interesting to see which side has more tricks up their proverbial sleeve that they can pull out because you can't leave much um, in terms of stones unturned with this many games in this short of a period. Yeah, and it, you know it's interesting that I, I I'm I really wanted to stress this particular run that these two teams are having because they're both I mean I think the Twins are less of a surprise than the Guardians right now. I thought the Guardians would be able to. I thought the Guardians were going to pitch well. I think anyone with any sense saw that they had a decent pitching staff going into this year. I just didn't. I thought they were going to lose a ton of two to one, one to nothing games. Now. When you have a team like the Guardians that that has images of a division title dancing in their head, and the Twins, who clearly went into this season wanting to show the last year was a fluke, you know, everyone is going to look at the games in September. That's I mean, people are going to look at when the season's over. All the games in September are going to be magnified. the The Twins finish the year with three in uh, against the Chicago White Sox. And those are going to be the, the games that people are probably going to be pointing to. But in so many ways, the Twins and the Guardians season is coming to an interesting point here, especially as we're going to be entering July. 
And the two teams are going to be making decisions about whether or not they want to be making a trade, if they want to sacrifice a young player. Jeff, you were talking about how the the some of the Guardians' best prospects haven't even been called up yet. Do you call some of them up now, or do you use them as trade chips to get that big old hitter? And in Brandon, should the Twins say, hell, we know we only have Correa for one year. We know we've lost Polanco for a chunk here. Why don't we just go in and try to get one more big bat or one more innings-eating arm and and uh, see see where we can go for that? What, what do you think their strategy should be, especially uh, if they come out alive in this stretch? So with the Guardians, they added 12 prospects to their 40-man roster in the offseason because they had so many dudes. Uh, they have so much depth in general. And they're going to have even more decisions to make, so they should absolutely be 100% in on trying to trade like four or five guys for someone. And I, you know, I've said it all year, their double-A rotation is better in terms of prospects than most teams' entire minor leagues. And that's because you had like Daniel Espino and Gavin Williams, Hunter Gaddis, Joey Cantillo, who I talked about earlier on the show, uh, Xavion Curry. These are all like legitimate prospects. They, they ran about eight deep. Tanner Burns, Logan Allen. Uh, it's ridiculous. They have that degree of depth, so they should absolutely go out, and they almost have to. They're so handcuffed right now. They have about four to five guys, including Karinchak, who are on that 60-man DL. When they come off, they're going to have to start making some very hard decisions about letting players go, let it, trying to pass prospects through waivers. They're going to have to go out and start compiling this talent down and making a deal. Uh, so I don't know if they necessarily trade their top-end guys. You know, it, the Bo Nailers of the world or... Uh, you know, the Daniel Espinos, but there's still a, a lot of logic in trying to trade someone like Jose Tenya, who's one of like their 18,000 shortstop prospects who I believe had the highest batting average in the Arizona Fall League last year. Uh, and he's about fourth on their shortstop death chart uh, in terms of prospects. So it's like moving guys like that, moving them maybe less around. Even something like Tanner Burns who was a first round pick two years ago, but is taking a step forward. That's that's this team. I mean, they drafted a guy named Rodney Boone a year ago from, uh, I want to say he's from Fol- Cal State Fullerton. He had hey, a seven months. Hey, who's going he to Cal? Oh, uh, are you? Master's degree. There you so go. Cal State you'll, Fullerton. Then you'll appreciate it. Boone added six Harvard miles. of Orange County. Well, Boone was a uh, kind of a typical Guardian type of arm. And what they excel at is he added six miles an hour since they drafted him mm-hmm. to his fastball. Like they just know the body mechanics and how to work things. So they should make some kind of compiling move. All right, so what do you think, Brandon? What do you think about uh, the Twins and what they should be thinking about? Well, I, I thought Harvard-Westlake was the Harvard of the Orange County. but Oh, now you're down. Was that a gauntlet being thrown down? I thought no, you were going to go no. UC, I thought you were gonna go UC Irvine. No, no. I don't, I don't know that much about California University, so I should just uh, keep myself out go of it. As, yeah, as far as the Twins, everybody's going to say pitching, pitching, and more pitching, and, and they're not wrong. But a name that keeps coming up is Trey Mancini, an impending free agent for Baltimore. Baltimore isn't going anywhere right now. They probably are not going to bring him back. It sounds like there's just not really a, a lot of love there. I think he's not in favor of how they move the fences. And just a, you know, a lot of different things there. If, you, if pitching is going to be insanely expensive, and I think we all know guys like Frankie Montas and Tyler Molly and even Luis Castillo are all going to command very pretty – pennies on the trade market uh why not find a way to get better at a much cheaper price if the twins can trade for even bring nelson cruz back he's going to cost a lot less than joe ryan this time around uh or yeah like i said mancini 
it, it can't hurt to just beef up your offense and then yeah. be on a wing and a prayer pitching wise. Teams win World Series with things not being perfect all the time. Look at the Braves last year. Their two biggest stars in October were guys they went and got in the at the trade deadline that were throwaways. So the idea that the Twins have to be perfect and have to go out and get a ton of pitching to make noise in October to me falls a little bit flat. With that said, if they do, I'll totally understand 100%. You know, you made the great point that sometimes, like, look, at the deal the Yankees made last year for Clay Holmes is looking like an all-time great trade right now. The yep. you, the When people were doing I would love to go back to last July or last August when we were reviewing who won the trade deadline. I don't think anyone was saying, well, it was the Braves. They just picked up Rosario and uh, Soler. You know, clearly right. that's the World Series title that year. I mean, I keep going back to those two. And, and, and they also got Jock Peterson. All three of those players got huge hits in the postseason. Peterson in that uh, division series against Milwaukee got gigantic home runs that helped the Braves win. And, of course, we know what Rosario and Soler did. You know, in some ways, I, I think – Jeff, I think the Guardians are in a great position in one sense because they've done the hard part. They have a deep pitching staff, and and they have excess of talent in their farm system. If you're going to see a team that's looking to dump major league hitters, they're not even talking about a superstar. Like, like Soler and Peterson and Rosario were major leaguers. And maybe you get a major leaguer, and I know you're not allowed to say this, who are human – and might perk up at the idea of saying, hey, I was floundering around in Oakland or Colorado or, you know, Kansas City or Pittsburgh, a team that was not contending. I love, I think Mancini is a great fit for both of your teams. I think he'd be a great fit in Cleveland to give that bat to be like, hey, wait a minute. I could have, a tr- my, it suddenly my season means something. Instead of I'm going to play out the season, you're already planning your, you know, what you're going to do for Halloween to suddenly say, hey, I might be playing baseball on Halloween. And, you know, to, to, I think, you know, Mancini is a great call for either Minnesota or Cleveland at this point. But I think both teams, I think in some ways could use the bat to beef up their offense as much as anything else. I mean, there's what we're really talking about in so many ways is kind of popping the hood and kind of tinkering with the engine of these teams and trying to have it run better. And if you want to pop your hood and tinker with your engine, go to rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts star to stock all the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on the computer, choosing the brands that the warehouses happen to carry? Why would you do that? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You save time and money when using Rock Auto. So why spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts for a chain store or a car dealership? Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They're a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for the last 20 years. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How do you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. Okay, we're we're going to finish up our roundtable here, uh, our impromptu roundtable. By the way, thank you. I want to give a, a shout out. Brandon Warren was a last-minute 
fire a flare in the air because I did want I did have another uh, twins guest lineup for today, and and it sadly he was not able to make it for for a personal reason, which I won't get into. Shot a flare in the air. I said Brandon, who's who's a friend of the show, has been on the show before, great guest. And he said, well, maybe I could do it from the car. So that's right. There's a drive-through. It sounds like it looks like Brandon's on a stakeout right now. I wish he had like a one of those uh, the the you know the the long lens on your on your camera right there. But yeah, I'm right. just as an outsider, I am really intrigued by anytime you have a matchup between two underdogs that nobody's counting on. Everybody picked the White Sox. I did. I mean, they looked like the team to beat. And while I thought I thought the Minnesota Twins were going to be an 85-86 win team going into this year. I thought last year's bad season was a fluke. Um, I think they're playing much better than I thought they were. And I think Cleveland's playing a lot better than, thought, than I thought they were. And Chicago has me thinking who could replace the late Tony La Russa. And so when we have these eight games coming on right now. Obviously, the White Sox want it to go four and four. They want them to split and and maybe uh, find themselves back into contention, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you guys on the spot here, based on the way that they're playing and the and give the Guardians credit. They took two out of three from Los Angeles. Yeah, they were playing some tomato cans beforehand. They went into L.A. and won and won on in extra innings on Sunday. I mean, they played the Dodgers, who look like you know if they're not going to be the World Series winner. Uh, then the winner's going to go through them. Um, might be the Mets, who knows? But um, or or the Yankees. But the fact of the matter is, the the Guardians showed a lot of guts, and Minnesota's been doing the job. Uh, I mean, the Guardians have been playing in an unbelievable clip since the end of May. So, what do you, I want some predictions? And what you would be? Obviously, both of you want your teams to win eight out of eight games. What would you be happy with? moving forward in these upcoming years. And and keep in mind, there's a fan of the other team listening. <laughs> well, uh, I'll jump in first. And it is funny. You just – you never know. We just uh, – the Padres go in and sweep the Cubs in four straight and then get swept mm-hmm. by the Rockies in three straight. None of that makes any sense, and yet here we are. So well, look, look at the, the Braves. The Braves were on that 14-game winning streak. They went to Chicago and lost 10 in a row, and the Cubs won the series. And I'm pretty sure that's Atlanta's only streak of more than three wins or losses all season long. They've been yeah. just incredibly consistent. So, yeah, you just don't know. Honestly, you want to shoot for four and four, which is not exciting. It's not that, you know, it's not going to get the fans really juiced up. But it's not going to dig a hole for yourself, and it's not going to be expecting too much. And I just mm-hmm. think t- these two teams, they've got that pluckiness. They've got that upstartness where it's going to be eight games where I, at least you think four or five of them could come down to the final innings, the final out. We, I just feel like this has potential for fireworks, and it's mm-hmm. not just because we're coming up on the 4th of July. Yeah. Jeff, what are you thinking? I, now, now that Brandon decided to weasel out of making any really decisive predictions right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna... I'm sorry, Brandon. I could resist. I could resist. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want, I think right down the line, vanilla ice cream <laughs> from Brandon. So, Jeff, what do you say? You talk some trash here. Come on. Well, I'm not much of a trash talker. That's probably, probably my problem. But uh, for me, it's like five and three is kind of the golden one because then that puts essentially a tie. 
and five of these eight games are in Cleveland. Uh, the really the unknown. The big thing is Jose Ramirez's MRI. Like, yeah, I think if he is not available, uh, that's a it, Jose Ramirez is on another planet right now. Just like you know, I talked about earlier in the show. He is doing things we have not seen just in terms of not striking out and getting on base uh, in in an era. I mean, he is unbelievable. Uh, so if he's not available, I don't know exactly. I have this sinking suspicion wound up like Ernie Clement is a great last guy in your roster, but they've been ter- uh, Tito has been leaning a little too much into platoon bats that like aren't very good, like Oscar Mercado, like Ernie Clement, just because they hit right handed. And I have a sinking feeling that you know, Andres Jimenez is something like second in the American League in war amongst second basemen. Now, he should be our shortstop because he's a much, much, much better defender than Omed Rosario, but that's Rosario's place, so he stays there. And we're still, for some reason, not playing Jimenez against lefties. We're doing that. So we're they're not putting their best players on the field. And if the way things have gone, I have a very sinking suspicion that if Jose's out, you go to Ernie Clement. And that is... Again, not to knock on Ernie Clement. I think he's a major league player, but he's like the perfect guy to be that 25th guy on your, or what, 26th guy on your roster now, 27th guy. I can't keep track of how many guys we're allowed to have on rosters anymore. <laughs> it changes too often. I think we're at 26 now. But because, you know, you can play multiple. He can play anywhere. He's got good speed. He's a great clubhouse guy. He can do, does a bit of everything. He's a perfect, but if you're having to play every day, he's just going to be exposed. And like for the Guardians, they should make up ground. They should be winning these games because, I don't know how the twin the twins have an entire pitching rotation on the disabled list. It's not just that it's a team that, you know, had some pitching depth issues to begin with. Their pitching staff is maybe the most beat up in baseball. To me, that's like one of the most underrated stories. Like I'm, I've been a Bailey over truther since he was a college of Charleston. I was writing, you know, profiles in 2017 about how he was the twins best value draft pick in that class. Him and Blaine Enlow were my favorites. I can't get them all right, but you know, I, I think that the Guardians are a great story. I think the Twins are a great story. And I, I don't think there's a lot of dislike between these two teams. I think at the end of the day, both of us, I think Brandon, I'll speak for him. He could disagree with me if he wants. I think we'd both rather these be the top two teams and see the White Sox on the outside, right? Is that kind yeah. of where I think everyone stands? Uh, to put it delicately, the White Sox can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> and keep that in mind when you buy your built Bars. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15. <laughs> I hope I don't get in trouble for that one. No, no, no. no. Brandon Brandon Warren is not a member of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Um, Technically, he is. Okay. He does the yeah. He's he's the part of the Minnesota OTT, right? Oh, that's right. Well, you know me, but uh, (laughs) I I don't know. I think that's on the safe side anymore. All right, cool. It doesn't, well, get kids, it doesn't get kids at my school in trouble anymore. So I figure if that's a word that kids can say in school and not get countermanded, yeah. then it should be podcast safe. Um, right. So, you know, that's my view. That's well, how I'm well, judging language anymore, at least. Well, look at Jeff. I got to say one thing. The, the Guardians are going to go through one heck of a gauntlet between now and the 4th of July as they have the three games against Minnesota in target field. Then Boston comes in for three, and Boston's been playing great baseball recently. Then five games. That must be because of the canceled games at the beginning of the year, right? I mean, mm-hmm. is that why we have like five games going on there? It's, Cleveland it's the- has had more weather. Like if like not to be political here, but like the biggest like the biggest proof I have of like climate change 
is I've never seen this many games canceled due to weather that they have had. This year. It's unbelievable. It's one every other week. It is. There are so many makeup games on the schedule. It has been crazy. It, I've never seen it this in my, you know, I'm 40 and my 35 years of fandom, probably 36 yeah. years. I've never like, this is more canceled games that I see sometimes in multiple seasons. It's ridiculous. Well, and right after the, the eight games in 11 at eight out of 11 games against Minnesota, Cleveland gets a nice respite. They get to play the Yankees. But then after that, the, the schedule. Twins and up Royals. Or Tigers yeah, and Royals. Tigers, Tigers, Tigers and, and Royals, Royals after that. Um, looking at the Minnesota's uh, schedule, who have, uh, you know, the Twins have been. I mean, look at the. the, in, the All right. I went through the whole podcast without calling them the Indians. All right. Ugh, okay. Here we go. The Guardians. Uh, have just been playing out of their mind in June, and the Twins have been only okay. But you know they they've had some tough opponents. They have tough opponents in Toronto, which they did. They held their own against. They won a game against the Yankees. That's hard to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Took two from Tampa Bay, um, and so they're going to be playing Colorado, which is uh, you know they're technically a major league team, and then Baltimore. Baltimore, you know what? I- I'll give Baltimore a little bit of credit. Because uh, the because Minnesota plays Baltimore after the series with Cleveland, and then they go to the White Sox with images of burying the White Sox dancing in Minnesota's head. Uh, Baltimore is not the pushover. They're not contending this year, but they have a very good bullpen, and they have a couple of pretty good bats. So they're not going. They're not a hundred loss team this year. They may be an eighty five loss team. They maybe will go in the like seventy five and eighty four, whatever it is. Now, forgive me, I'm not great with math, but uh, they're an improving team. So they're a few, you know, for the last bunch of years, they've been absolute tomato cans. You look at the the schedule, Baltimore for three, that's got to be at least two wins. Uh, you can't take them as lightly as you used to this year. So uh, everyone who says I don't give some of the, the non-glamorous teams credit, please note the date and time. Uh, Baltimore's not a pushover the way they have been the last couple of years. No, and even like Detroit, as much as I was like, hey, that's an easy team. I mean, Tarek Skubal is uh, a contender to be, mm-hmm. you know, an all the starter in the All Star game. So there's, yeah, there's no, and outside of Kansas City, uh, and I make fun of Kansas City on my own podcast all the time, because uh, they're a dumpster fire. Um, I mean, there's no yeah. other way to put it. They're a dumpster fire with some bad people at the top running it. Hey, and uh, you know, everyone else. What about Benintendi as a as a I, I mean, yeah, totally on board. Uh, I would love yep. him as well. All right. Well, look at, uh, hey, look at, I got to just say, first of all, um, I know this was kind of impromptu. <laughs> you know, this is, this is, I can't, I cannot uh, uh, pretend that this was extraordinarily planned out. Uh, although I did want to have a uh, Twins and a Guardians representative on the show here. So I wanted to say, first of all, thank you, Brandon, for jumping in at the last moment. It was really, it's great to, have you jump in. Um, Jeff, you and I have been emailing a little bit back and forth, and thanks for, for doing this. I wanted to get thoughts because this is a really, you know, not every interesting series is Dodgers, Giants, Red Sox, Yankees. Sometimes you look up Minnesota, Cleveland for eight out of the next 11 games could really mold what the American League Central is going to look like. And, you know, you may not remember this in September down the stretch. But these head-to-head games could really, really determine whether this is going to be one team 
shocking everyone or this just being a uh you know being a mario kart like uh, uh collision course all the way to the end hey uh before we go i just want to say the first picks of the ultimate nba mock draft have been made search now for nba mock draft and get over 50 insiders the odyssey sports expert the draft experts of locked on nba big board the five episode ultimate nba mock draft is underway Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. And just so you know, I am projected to go in the second round to New Orleans. For those of you who have been trying to get your NBAs, your pal Sully is projected second round to New Orleans. Ooh. And I hope, uh, you know, I hope uh, I have my Pelicans hat ready to put on my head. Hey, can we, can, this has nothing to do with anything, but I just want to say this. This is not a basketball show. Utah Jazz is one of the stupidest names in sports. We all know they used to be the New Orleans Jazz. And we also know that we're allowed to give teams, give names of teams back to cities. They gave the Hornets back to Charlotte, where it should be. Okay. Why doesn't doesn't Utah give the Jazz back to New Orleans? What do you call you what do you call Utah's team? Do you want one of the most fierce dinosaurs ever unearthed by paleontologists? The Utah, Utah Raptor? Raptor, the Utah Raptor. So move Toronto's team to Utah. And so what does Toronto get? Take your pick, Bobcat or Pelican. And if you say, but wait, there are no Pelicans in Toronto. How is that dumber than the Utah Jazz? So boom, you get the New Orleans Jazz, the Utah Raptors, and a bizarre situation going on in Toronto Do they have lakes? I mean, the Lakers we should move as well while we're at it. Oh, no, 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 no. Minnesota gets Lakers back if anybody gets Okay. Okay, then guess what? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar played for the Los Angeles Pelicans. We have it out here. Yes. So, And then Toronto becomes the Timberwolves. At least it's a later day. That makes sense to me. Uh, Yeah, I mean, yeah, Timberwolves. I mean, Wolves in Canada. I think that makes perfect sense. The Minnesota Bobcats. Oh, no, no the Minnesota Lakers. Lakers. The Minnesota Lakers. Yes. Okay, I'm solving everything here. I'm solving everything. Just get that team back in Seattle where they belong. Hey, we didn't solve the AL Central, but we figured out that there should be a team called the Utah Raptors. This has been the Locked On MLB American League Central Roundtable. Jeff Ellis, where can people follow you? Uh, At Jeff MLB Draft. Uh, The draft content is trickling out as this College World Series ends. Uh, You know, there's not a lot of big names left, so you get to see some other content. Uh, and then you can also follow into all of my podcasting on Lockdown Guardians. And even if you're not a Guardians fan, again, uh, I love all things draft. I grew up in Cleveland. It's a, basically a national holiday because all the teams there stunk in my lifetime. Uh, so I was raised on drafts and uh, I do a lot of MLB draft coverage. As I talked about enough to have written about Bailey Ober being my favorite pick for the Twins in seven, 2017 out of College of Charleston. And the I fact am- that I can tell you he's out of College of Charleston. Uh, you know, it's, it's that. So you can also find some extra draft content there. And the, the Twins have a top 10 pick in eighth this year, maybe. I, I right, in that, right in that sweet zone for somebody like uh, Jackson Berry, Jace Young, one of those college hitters, performers. Uh, so I, I will definitely be talking about that through the course of my show. And Brandon Warren, where can people follow you? I wouldn't if I were them, but at Brandon underscore Warren, accesstwins.substack.com or... I do the Locked On Twins postcast with everyone's friend Nash Walker after Twins games. So any of those, all of those are, in my opinion, pretty dang good. So check those out. I, I've followed Brandon for years, so I can vouch for the Twitter. And it looks Ooh, like the, 
it looks like the cops are following Brandon right now in his car. So it just looks like, <laughs> no. all right, but Hey, uh, I am, you could follow our show at locked on MLB pods on Twitter, same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully of Sully baseball on Twitter, Sully baseball podcast on Instagram, wrapping up the American league central round table for the 21st day of June, the longest day of the year, 2022. You got Minnesota and Cleveland still in contention. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.